are listening to the End Around Podcast. I'm Matt Topeak, joined with Will McFadden. We are here in Flowery Branch. The Falcons just handed the New Orleans Saints a 26-9 beatdown down there in Mercedes-Benz Superdome, Will. It's a game I don't think any Falcons fan saw coming, um, but every phase of the game, they just they just beat them down. It was so fun to watch. Your initial take. Man, you love to see it, Matt. This was, like you said, a beatdown, and it was... Not one of those, and the broadcast team kind of said it a little bit as the game was dwindling away. When you look at a box score like this, you tend to think, man, one team's 7-1, one's 1-7. What the heck happened? Well, what the heck happened was the Falcons walked into New Orleans, and they took the Saints lunch today, man. They, They won in every facet of the game. It was as complete a game that I've seen in a really long time from this Atlanta team. It was a lot of fun to watch, and you're right. Not a lot of teams would have guessed that the Falcons were the 1-7 and team, uh, but they went in there. And all the things, you know, I kept saying to myself as I'm watching this game, Will, all the things that seemingly went wrong at different times through the first eight games of the season was not an issue today. It was not only were the records, you know, the script was flipped as far as in terms of the records, but just the way in which the Falcons play today. The defense came in much maligned, right? They were last in the league in sacks. Uh, They'd only had two interceptions coming into this. They were giving up. You know, I think they're in the high 20s as far as points allowed, yards allowed, and they got it done today. And it was it was a combination of, you know, the secondary was playing a lot of man-to-man playing really well, mm-hmm. but they got pass rush on Drew Brees. And then, you know, we'll get into the nuances and details of all that, but then on the other side of the ball, the, from the very first play, the Calvin Ridley quick hit, you know, uh, the rush uh, to the left side. Yep. I think that, what was that, 18 yards? 19 yards. 19 yards. From the very moment the game kicked off, they were aggressive and committed to the run, and it showed today. And they just they dominated. They had long, clock-eating, consuming drives, and they were keeping the Saints on the sideline and frustrating them. Yeah, it was everything you wanted to see. And it, it, was, it, was, it was so fun for Falcons fans to watch this one. It was so good for fans to finally taste a win and to go down there, Will, and beat the Saints. It's. I mean, we'll get into like what that means. But man, you got to feel good for the for the players and really good for the coaching staff, especially Dan Quinn. One hundred percent. I want to go back to one of the things you touched on when it, through the first eight games, just it seemed like every week it was a different thing. Whether it was you know some blown coverages or the offensive line gave up a ton of sacks. And today, you're right, there wasn't any of that. And I got a little worried, as I'm sure a lot of fans did, when you see the opening drive and you see them really establishing the run the way they want to, the way they've tried to, and they get down there into the red zone and then you have back-to-back false start penalties. Mm -hmm. And you start to think to yourself, man, is this going to be one of those games? Is this going to be a game where they're moving the ball, they're doing really well, but then they just kind of shoot themselves in the foot at key times? And it wasn't. And it was great. And on the other hand, the Saints were doing that. Four Hands to the face penalties in one game. I mean, it was nuts. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. But, but like you said, yeah. it was really complete. They they did a really good job of settling in after those two penalties, and they played a really clean game. Yeah, Falcons fans had to be saying to themselves, "Here we go again after those penalties." Because you're right. In the first game, it was the turnovers against the Vikings, right? And then mm-hmm. they went through this period where they had too many penalties. Then they gave up too many sacks and. The offensive line, you know, Matt Ryan was taking too many hits, right? That was the the other narrative. And then it just – they just – they, they played through it. They yep. played through it. And they just – they kept their sleeves rolled up and they kept at it. And uh, it was 
you know, you kept waiting for the shoe to fall, the shoe to fall, and it never did. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of fun to watch. And just, you know, and and each time the Saints got down in the red zone and were settling for field goals, you kept saying to yourself, this is good. Yep. This is good. Yeah. So um, big, big credit to the coaching staff that is has come under fire this season. But man, oh, well, they that's got what things happens. Yeah, when you're one and seven. Well, yeah, but they got things. They got things fixed over the bye week. I mean, both of these teams coming off the bye week, and the Falcons just in every phase of the game whooped the Saints today. Yeah, we don't know. You know what, what this is going to lead to. Obviously, you know they snap a six game. Losing skid, thank goodness. Three-game losing streak to the Saints as well. Yeah, and so there's no sweeter way. I don't care who you root for, who your team is. There's no sweeter way to end a losing streak than to than by beating your longtime hated rival in their house in front of their fans. Yep. And you know, on TV, it's it was just great. And so, um. Where where does it lead to now? We don't know, but but I'll tell but you if, what. if this if this is the only other win that the team gets this year, and you know we're all hoping that it's not, but if it is, it's a good one. It's one the Falcons fans are going to remember for a long time. That's just how sweet it was today because it wasn't a fluke. It was in every single phase of the game. You outclassed what is a really good team and a team that you love to beat. Yeah, I mean, I wrote my column on it uh, on AtlantaFalcons.com uh, right now. It's, I, I think it's going to go down as one of the biggest in Dan Quinn's tenure here, regardless of how many more wins he compiles. You know, he's had some pretty big ones: the NFC Championship game against the Packers, going to the first, you know the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, you know, beating the, the the Seahawks the week before in the divisional round, beat going on the road and beating the Rams. Yeah. Uh, as a wild card Packers team. Packers on Sunday Night Football to open the uh, Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Stadium. But this game will always bring a smile, like you said, to Falcons fans. They'll say, you know what? Remember when the Falcons started 1-7 and seven, they went down there and just whipped New Orleans, which was 7-1. and one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like some scrub New Orleans no, team. No, this is a good team. Good team. League-leading you know, defense is, is – I think they were fourth against the run. Yep. Fifth overall. You know, Drew Brees was back. Everyone thought, "Oh man, he's back!" Right? Because mm-hmm. they were rolling with Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, the script was the script was there. Oh. The script was there for Drew Brees to come back in and and have a big day like he's done before. And and the defense, kudos to them. They got after Drew Brees in a way that no team has ever. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, there. Will. If you had said to anybody, suggested during the week, or during, I guess during the past two weeks, that. This, the Falcons are going to go down to New Orleans and whip, in the you know, whip, like just dominate the Saints. You'd have been laughed at. Yes? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. And I think if you're being honest with yourself, you probably, if you're out there listening right now, you probably doubted it too. I mean, there's not a lot of people outside of that locker room mm-hmm. that believe that they were going to go down there. And that's one thing I will say this. Th- that team has gone in, in belief. They've kept fighting. It's been ugly, but they've kept playing hard for Dan Quinn. They have, yeah. And, we, and we've heard the players, you know, basically say, hey, it's on us. We've got to go out there and play better. And, and they did today. And, and kind of to look at it from another standpoint, I, I think there are probably some fans out there saying, well, where the heck has this been all season? You know, if, if this is what you're capable of, if you're capable of winning on the road, which is hard to do as it is in the NFL, and not only on the road, but in New Orleans, probably one of the three toughest places in the league, and you don't just go in there and play it tight. You go in there and you just 
beat them so badly that you could probably hear a pin drop at the end of that game for as ravenous as that crowd can be. Except for the Falcons fans. Except for the Falcons fans. And Dan Quinn probably down there uh, cheering on his guys. But that can be a little bit maddening. And and I would, you know, sympathize with with some of the fans that are like, where has this been? But but there it was today. And let's just take – I get Take it. Some solace I get it. That. And you, you know what? There's probably going to be some of that. And you know when they write into the mailbag this week, and <laughs> where's this been? Right? I, I get it. But you know what? Drink it up. Yep. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Kick back. Watch it. Watch the game over like four, five, six <laughs> times. You know tonight. You know until you fall asleep in the in the lazy boy, and you got to get up for work because you're can. tired. But it's going to be a good tired because you sat there and watched the game and over and w. over. Yep. Right. It's almost, you know, I mean, you're just going to sit and you're probably going to eat a little bit more at dinner tonight, too. And you're just going to enjoy this one. And you should. Yeah. So uh, you want to dive into the specifics of the game a little bit more? Yeah, now? let's get into it. So you want to talk offense, defense real quick. Let's talk defense. Sure. Okay. So, man, they got they got after Drew Brees. And it was great to see. You know, it was probably, Will, a combination of better coverage on the back end. Yeah. They played more man. And forcing Breeze to uh, hold the ball a little bit longer. And there were not a lot of open windows. There were some time. It seemed like early on, there was like that first drive. It was too yeah. easy. They just went right down the field. But then they, they tightened up. Yeah. It, was gr- it was good to see. Um, I want to I stop you right there. Yeah, go ahead. Because this deserves mention again. Matt, they got after Drew Breeze today. They did. They Six got times. after Drew Breeze. Six they, sacks. They That's came huge. into the game with seven. So they nearly doubled their season total. Unbelievable. He, he was on the ground early and often in this one. And their sacks came at big times. Half of their sacks came on third down, and then they had one more by Vic Beasley on fourth down. So they got off the field. But I've never seen Drew Brees, and I've watched Drew Brees play for a long, long time, as we all have. I haven't seen Drew Brees look that uncomfortable in the pocket maybe since he's been in New Orleans. I mean, it was great, and it was everybody. It was Grady Jarrett. It was Adrian Claiborne. Devondre Campbell got in there. Vic Beasley had one-and-a-half sacks. So it was it was this whole sack party. Everybody was just meeting at the quarterback. Poor Tack. You could just see how uh, eager he was in there kind of at the last drive of the game. He was playing like a man, man with his hair on fire, and he got a lot of pressures even though he didn't register a sack. It was a great day up front for the Falcons. It was, and, uh, yeah, that Saints offense was held without a touchdown. Yeah. Hard, hard, hard to believe. Um, and I'll tell you what, there were a couple other guys that just stood out to me too. Uh, Devondre Campbell, mm-hmm. it seemed like for the, you know, look, it's it's been a tough year for everybody on defense. It's a, it's a team game, and no one's calling anybody out, but it was just good to see. He just flashed uh, a did. number of times today. He just was all over the place and making big plays, breaking up passes. Yep. Um, I think Kendall Sheffield had a really strong game too. He, he had did. that pass breakup against he, Ted Ginn. He did. Yeah. Uh, Jack Crawford had a pass breakup. He did. For you love to see it. Uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. So, all in all, great day for the defense. This is the defense that, I'll be honest with you, this is the defense we thought when Dan Quinn took over that we would see a lot of aggressiveness, getting to the quarterback, forcing. You know, we, we said to ourselves a couple times there was like at least one tip ball. You know, they've got to capitalize when they get those mm-hmm. when those plays, when they force those fumbles. That was the other thing that fl- plagued them a little bit early on in the season, too. They were forcing fumbles, but the other team was recovering. The, yeah, the, it just, the ball just wasn't bouncing their way. And it's it's a little bit ironic, you know, <laughs> that you say that this is the defense you expected to see under Dan Quinn when reports came out before the game by, from Jay Glazer, you know, that, that uh, linebackers coach uh, Jeff Holbrook had taken over the play calling. Now, it remains to be seen the extent to which he, he did because that's been something that they've been doing since the Arizona game. But – 
that defense definitely looked uh, different out there, and, and they made some coaching changes too. Raheem Morris switched over to uh, that was a big story this week. It's still yeah. Dan Quinn's defense. It is one hundred percent. It's Dan Quinn's defense, and it's Dan Quinn who's, you know, look at he he and he takes ownership of it. Good for good, good and bad. Yeah, for good and bad. And you know, it's not easy to make those kind of changes. It's, no, it's not, not easy to take Raheem Morris off the offensive side of the ball, and be, when you're one and seven, I mean. As I said in my column, the, social, the sharks and social media is circling, right? The national media is criticizing. And the fans are, with each passing week, we're getting louder and louder and louder, unhappy. And to make those moves, it would be easy just to say, keep it status quo and say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll coach through this. We'll play through this. But give Coach Quinn credit. He made the changes and really didn't care what people thought. And by all accounts, you know, it was it was a good product on the field today. Yeah, for sure. I want to talk a little bit about Grady Jarrett before we flip over to the offense because go for it. I think it's easy to take for granted some a performance like this, but he's been just a rock for this defense all season long. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier that everybody's kind of taken their lumps on defense. I think Grady has played probably his best season since he's been here, and I I, I mean that seriously. And I know that he's had some really good seasons for this Falcons team, but he just, it seems like week in and week out, he's really dependable on the interior. And when, when you're able to still draw double teams, but keep generating pressure right up the middle as he was able to do today, it just, you know, it, I don't want people to take for granted how good of a player. I know you wrote earlier this year when he kind of signed his new deal that this is probably the best defensive lineman in Falcons history. Well, yeah, he's defensive well tackle. His, yeah, because he's well on his way. They don't have a rich, rich, rich history of right. like at that position. You yeah. know, the, the the Falcons have had, you know, Rod Coleman, Jonathan Babineau, the Bears been guys riches like at that. other positions, yeah. but not at defensive tackle. And so, because of his age. And because mm-hmm. of his production so far early into his career, yeah, you know, I made the case that he is on par to perhaps he keeps it up, he will go down. Yeah, no, no doubt. And so, um, and his his dad, who was on uh, Bird Noises podcast this week, was a pretty darn good defender too for fourteen seasons. Yes, Jesse the Hammer Tuggle, yep. who should get into the Hall of Fame. But one last stat on the defense before we we move over. And this is from Pro Football Reference. I put it in my column, and we were talking about this. But today was the first time since 2005 that a team held the New Orleans Saints to under 10 points in the Superdome. And that's before they Drew signed Brees Drew Brees. Yeah. I believe Aaron um, think Brooks about that. was the quarterback. Think about that. I mean, chew on that mm-hmm. as you're watching the Falcons For the replay. fourth time. For the fourth or fifth time. <laughs> I mean, you know, that that's fun. Um, Over to offense. the offense. Yeah, let's, let's talk offense. So Matt Ryan came back from the bad wheel. He had a bad wheel. He had the you know the sprained ankle. You wouldn't Played. have known it from the way he uh, scrambled for two first downs today. He did scramble. He did lumber a little bit, but he got there. He got to he, the one. <laughs> we were we were watching him get to the first down marker, the one play, and it, it was <laughs> it looked uncomfortable. You at but one point were there. like slide. Yeah. <laughs> I, I well, I was afraid to see him slide at that point. Um, but you know what? They they were aggressive in their play calling today. Yep. And they were committed to the run. Aggressive in in a different sense. I think when most people hear aggressive, they think all right, they're shots taking down shots field. downfield. Yeah, but it was it was a different type of aggressiveness, and it was an aggressiveness in their willingness to stick with the run. You know, it'd be easy when 
you run a couple of times, or, or especially what was telling was after those two false star penalties, you back up 10 yards, they still ran the ball in the next play. Right. It only went for a one-yard gain, but to me, that shows a willingness to say, you know what? We don't care where we are in the game. We don't care what the down and distance is. We are dedicated to running the ball today, and it showed. I mean, well, Yeah, the Falcons were only averaging 68.5 yards per game yep. on the ground. Ran it 34 times today for 143 yards yeah. against, again, let me say it one more time, against the fourth-ranked rushing defense. Pretty good. And that allowed them to really control the clock, which I think was their strategy going into this game. And Dan Quinn kind of said as much afterwards. When you look on the other side of the field, you see Sean Payton and you see Drew Brees and you know what they're capable of. You don't want to see them out on the field. You like them staying right there on the sidelines. Well, and the their ability to run the ball allowed them to really dictate the time of possession today. And they manhandled them in that particular stat. Yeah, and the league's top receiver too, um, Michael Thomas. Mm -hmm. Uh, who, you know, he still got his today, but he didn't get in the end zone. That's fine. What, uh, al what Alvin Kamara finished with? Uh, let me double check that. My stats are a little crazy right now. Um, yeah, I don't think it was much. I know the Saints only ran the ball, what, 11 times total? Yeah, 11, 52 for 52 yards. Kamara looked like he had 24 yards. And wow. He averaged six yards per carry, but he just, you know, he was coming back. Well, but just uh, as, as we kind of made the case, and I wrote about this uh, during the bye week, those 11 rushing attempts, when the game script is not going in your favor and when the Falcons are able to build an early lead, the Saints have to abandon the run game because they simply just need to catch up and try to do so as efficiently as possible as it pertains to the clock. And so Drew Brees threw the ball 45 times, which is the most by a Saints quarterback this season. And so that, that it kind of boils down as simply to that. It's just when you're leading, the other you force what the other team is able to do, and they have to throw the ball. That allows you to pin back your ears, and you end up with six sacks. Yeah, and it wasn't like the Falcons just had, you know, they were just like riding one running back who, mm -hmm. got, who got hot today. Um, one, two, three, four, five, five different, you know, you count the Matt Ryan, two scrambles by him. But Brian Hill got the bulk of the carries today. Well, he had 20, 20 carries. 61 yards, nothing too eye-popping. but He had a 10-yard touchdown catch, which yeah, is Right, I mean, right, I'm just talking about it on the ground. But, yeah, yeah he had, a, I think his longest run was, what, six, 15 yards. Um, he ran the ball hard, though. He, he turned did. He turned some of those two-yard runs into four- or five-yard runs, which is, is what you need to really have an effective ground game. Well, if you've been listening to the End Around podcast since August, you know how we, how we, how we feel around these parts about Brian Hill. Uh, it's good to see that that guy get his. Yeah. Um, and we may get a chance. You know, we don't know what the status is with Devontae Freeman's injury. He left the game with what they said was a foot injury uh, and did not return. So we don't know the status of, of Devontae at all right now. But if he is forced to miss any time, given that Ido Smith was just placed on injured reserve over the weekend, we might get a chance to see Quadri Allison for the first time this season too. So both of those guys were standouts in the preseason. Brian Hill has made the most of his opportunities so far this year. be nice to see what Quadri can do. Yeah, it would. Um, you know, it's so tough to gauge when a guy does well in the preseason, especially, you know, in his case, it was the, they, they played five preseason games this year. Mm -hmm. In that last preseason game. Don't remind me. Yeah, they, that last preseason game, I mean, no starters are playing in that game. You know, Danny Etling looked like he was, you know, destined for Canton in that game. Um, but Is he not? <laughs> but, well, our fans certainly thought so. Um, but, sorry, I just had to take a shot at the, <laughs> the – we want we want the backup crew. Um, but, no, I mean, Quadri played well in that game. Mm -hmm. 
but it's so tough because you're not playing against starters. Yes, at yeah, all. it's hard to gauge. It's hard to gauge. But speaking of gauge, Russell Gage, he's yeah. uh, really come on this season. It was nice to see him get a few catches today. Yeah, you know they 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 spread the ball around. Um, it took a while before the Julio got involved, but when he did, he, he got involved in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that block by Calvin Ridley down the field. It was like, let me. I'm just gonna slide. I'm gonna just, just slide just right in front enough. of you right here. Don't yep. mind me. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, hey, there. You're right behind me. Oh, yep. well, look at Julio run past us. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, you know, I wish Julio had planted and just kind of turned that in, but hey. Or, or pulled Austin Hooper and gone airborne to try to hurdle the guy. Um, speaking of hoop, what he finished with today? Uh, he had four for seventeen, the touchdown, but big touchdown. Yeah, and hopefully he's okay. I mean, what was the prognosis with him? I know he went into the blue tent. And yeah, he left the game and did not return. I can't remember exactly what the designation he's was. A great, great season. But though. yes, um, at that point, I mean, it's tough to tell because there was like three minutes left in the game when we kind of got that alert that you know he'd gone out and was being evaluated. So. You know, when you're leading as much as they was, they were up twenty six to nine at that point. There's no reason for him to come back in. Right. So it's tough to tell exactly what the extent of his injury is. Uh, right. But but he continues to have an excellent season. So the Falcons will pick up their first game, first win. Sorry, their first win since September fifteenth. The win was it twenty four twenty over the Eagles at home. Mm-hmm. Um. It seems like such a long time ago. It does. I don't think at the time we thought that that was going to be the uh, first podcast until now that we had a win to talk about. I'm no. excited we got another one. <laughs> no, there was a lot of expectations. This team is talented. This team, there was a lot of expectations coming into the season, um, mm-hmm. and you know we didn't. We knew there were, there was going to be changes on the defensive side of the ball. It's and. Uh, it was good to just see a complete game today. And it was good today. You know, you talk about, you know, we said through the first eight games, there was always something one week to the to yep. the other. But the one constant thing that, you know, just kind of just plagued this team, Will, was they couldn't, they couldn't put four quarters together. They played mm-hmm. a half really well. Yep. And today you saw four quarters. Yeah, I tweeted going into halftime that that was the most complete half that I'd seen them play, you know, in terms of we've had moments where their offense was lights out well, like it was in the second half times. against the Colts. Yeah. But but this uh, what I meant was from a defensive and offensive perspective. Oh, just a, it all, was the all most the way around, yeah. Both sides of the ball really complete. I want to give special mention. I think we should talk about Young Way Koo. You know, he came in in his first game, perfect 4 for 4. That type of consistency in a game like this when Early on, it is a field goal game. You know, you really are going in with a 13-6 to lead. Well, what is that? That's two field goals for each team. You got to make those. And he was drilling every opportunity that he had today. And so that is big moving forward to have that type of confidence in your kicker. And it's something Falcons fans have been spoiled with for so long with Matt Bryant. But it was great to see Youngway make his first impression a really good one, especially on the road in a tough environment, like I said. Yeah, it feels a little bit like, you know, when uh, Tavecchio stepped in on Monday Night Football he, last year. Exactly. That's he, he, a great point. And, he, you know, he ended up winning NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Youngway is in that conversation this he week. He should be in that conversation. And you're my favorite play outside, you know, he had a career-long kick today, but field goal. Uh, as you mentioned, he was, um, he, he was perfect. 
Atlanta fans will will point out that he's been perfect for a while because he played for the Legends and he was fourteen and fourteen. So for he's the Atlanta, eighteen for eighteen for Atlanta teams. For Atlanta teams, but my favorite play today was when he, he also saved to a touchdown. Southern. He did uh, when he saved arguably a touchdown. Uh, I forget who the ca- ball carrier was, but he it was a kick return. Yeah, it was a kick return, but I forget who it was. Um, but cool. Yeah. Dove forced him out of bounds because otherwise, if he hadn't, he'd have made it maybe turned upfield and cut in and mm-hmm. could have been ugly. He was faster than he looks, man. He, he was I, was, I was like, damn, that dude is hustling. I love his confidence. I love how he carries himself. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. Have you, have you seen that uh, viral clip on online from like 2015 or something or 2016 when he spins the football and then he kicks yeah. it and he does a backflip? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Dude's an athlete. He is an athlete, and uh, as Dan Quinn said before the game, um, he just had a feeling that, you know, it was Koo's time to take his shot. You just get a feeling about a guy, and he shot, took a shot, Yep. and uh, he surely did today. So as, they, as they say online, Koo dat. That is what is uh, appearing in my timeline on Twitter a few here and there. Uh, this, this I get the dat. sense you're not a fan. Yeah, uh, we'll see. If he you got you got to get hip with the times, Matt. I, I'm not big on Kudat, uh, but I'm big on. Kudat. You guys can see Matt's face right now. He he is not happy with me. I no, I I, I have no. Well, it has nothing to do with you. I just I, I just feel like anytime you take something the Saints do, um, that I just think of the Saints and I don't like. The well, the, of the Saints, Saints took it from Cincinnati with Who Day, so that's a. Yeah, there's a big there's a, a for one of my former colleagues wrote a, a long piece on the difference between who day and who dat mm-hmm. uh, in That's the Cincinnati Enquirer. I think you should look that up someday. Someday, uh, if you got uh, a, a slow, a the slow, discrepancies slow between one. who day and who dat is definitely why people are listening to uh, the Enround podcast. So you guys are welcome for this amazing content. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'll take who dat tonight, there you um, go. and I'll take who dat anytime. Uh, we get a performance like that. So, uh, I mean, you know, whatever. Moving on. So, the Falcons play four straight NFC South foes, right? This is the yep. first one. It's off to Carolina. Yep. Second um, road game. And uh, they, they're currently playing Green Bay right now. They yeah. were down at halftime. Not sure what the score is. 24-16 at the time of this taping. Mm-hmm. And it is... Early, well, about 12 minutes, yeah, early into the fourth quarter. Green Bay's up at home. Not a surprise. They're always tough at home. Carolina's a good team, though. They, I mean. They really are. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is single-handedly carrying that offense. I know how much you love him. Uh, right now, if I have an MVP love vote, strong. I, I, I would put Christian McCaffrey in that MVP conversation. He no has doubt. to be in that conversation. You take him off that team. Exactly. Uh, that Cam Newton-less team yep. and Kyle Allen has played okay. But McCaffrey has carried he, he is that the team, heart and soul of that offense. And he has carried I don't know how many fantasy football teams this season, too. Um, yeah, he's got to be right up there with Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of Lamar, Jesus, man. Yeah. Today. That was nuts. <laughs> yes. Uh, he is fun to watch. But to keep it in context, he's playing the Bengals. But still, it is still fun to watch. Reminding a lot of people of uh, old number seven here in Atlanta. Were you surprised that they gave number seven to Youngway? Not after seeing how fast that dude is. <laughs> I, when I saw him 
trot out there in seven. I was like, <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. It's bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. I wonder whose idea that was to give him number seven. <laughs> Apparently, according to the broadcast, he tried to, like, give it back, but was, like, a little no, intimidated. Well, I don't think near. he tried to give it back. He wasn't going to say anything. Right. Yeah, 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 that he was a little unsure about, <laughs> about getting that number, but he didn't want to say anything. I think Falcons fans want to know the story behind that, and I think this is uh, this is going to be a very public story. I'm assigning you uh, to find out the story behind Young Wake, who's All right. issuing a number seven. A little investigative journalism. <laughs> We're going to get investigative here at AtlantaFalcons.com. Um, any thoughts on Carolina game up there? Um, I think I, what you want to see is just this team Emotional build winner. build on this game. Yeah, go out there and you've you've played your best game of the season. You've played complete in all four quarters on the road. So it's not as though this was a home game and now you got to see it on the road. You did it on the road. Take that mentality. Take that same focus. Whatever you did this week in practice, leading up to the game, all of that. And put it together for a second week in a row. If you do that, that that should be enough to get a win. Well, just like losing snowballs, mm-hmm. because what happens, when, especially when you, if you talk about all the different ways the Falcons found ways to, you know, just weird ways in which things didn't go their way. Yep. You st- it's it creeps into your mind. It's like what in the minute something goes south, you're sitting there saying, "Oh, here we go again," or "Or we've we've got to find a way not to screw this up." Versus. Yep. You know, and again, to reference what Jesse Tuggle said this week on the podcast, the difference between winning teams and losing losing teams is winning teams say to themselves, finish it. Mm -hmm. You get into a close game, you go into the fourth quarter, you're not thinking about how am I going to screw this up. You're thinking about how am I going to put these teams away. And so now... You're playing to win. You're not playing not to lose. Exactly. And so now you go into... A arguably one of the toughest environments in the league to go in and play in a rivalry game. You know, those fans were frothing at the mouth, I'm sure, today. And you go in there and you beat them in the which you did. That gives you such confidence in the young players, such confidence in the defense. Yes, we can do this. We can play together. We can play, you know, complimentary football. That, That just... You just start to lose with confidence. confidence. And I, I think that's a very important point by you is this wasn't a win that they backed into. This wasn't a win that, you know, they get another team gifted them. This wasn't anything no. where it was a tight game, but no. both teams were making mistakes and they just happened. No, th- this was a full, complete win by a team that played as well as we've seen probably any team in the league this season play in all four phases and or all three phases. And so that's what you take that to Carolina. You know, you they have build to. on that. They this have was a to. real legitimate win. Yeah, they have to because, and you know what, let's face it, this team has been down, you know, has seen the bottom of the barrel here. Mm-hmm. And they don't want, after this, they, they, they you know, every year, every team is different. And this team right now wants no part of yeah. that first half of the season anymore. Nope. Especially after that plane ride tonight yeah. back to, to Georgia. Um, this team, you know, uh, th- you have to. F- that's why I feel so good about what happened for Dan Quinn and the players and the coaches, and just this, the fan base. Yeah, you know, I, I, the fans have been so unhappy, and I get it. You know, and I, I get a lot of those emails every morning. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's. I'm, in fact, I probably got some now. Uh, I do. I've got, I've got oh, dozens wow. of them. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and so they're happy. I don't even have to look at them, but I know they're happy. And hey, I'm guys, reading we're, right now. we're happy, too. 
Let's all be happy together. Everyone's happy. This. In fact, the first one is, after this big win, I started thinking about their run game that really propelled their offense. Brian Hill looks to be a really strong complimentary back. This is Kurt from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I'll be sure to answer you tomorrow morning, Kurt. But, yeah, it. Uh, you know what? It, people just they start feeling good about all the, the parts of the team and For guys sure. like Brian Hill and uh, and Kendall Sheffield, who you brought up. So yep. uh, let's hope they keep it going. It was fun to talk about a win for a change. Against and the Saints. Against the Saints. Clapping hands emojis against and, the Saints. We and did it. I, and, I'll, and, I'll, you know, and I think we talked about this, but you know what? If the, if the Falcons go 3-13 this year, and I hate to even say that, but if they just beat the Saints twice – there's something sweet with just beating your rival, yeah. especially when you're down and you're like, you know what, we might have had we might have had a bad year, but you know what, we kicked your butt. Hey, before Drew Brees and Matt Ryan we came your butt. to New Orleans and Atlanta, that's the way it was yeah. for a really long time. That's what makes this rivalry great. Is hey, it doesn't really matter what the final win loss record is, as long as you get those guys, those evil guys, out to the west. It's a good year, man. I'm telling you right now, I don't even like going on Facebook, but I'll tell you what, Falcons fans, they are probably having a field day right now with their Saints counterparts and dropping smack and links to AtlantaFalcons.com Light up the message boards, people. Make sure you come to AtlantaFalcons.com and get all your links and all your ammo for all your Saints counterparts. Uh, But, Will, let's wrap it up there. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening.